We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Merry Christmas, everyone. I love this Mass. This is... I mean, it's hard to compete with the Easter Vigil, but this is maybe my favorite Mass of the year. Um, and I just feel that with you being here tonight, I always think that the people who come to, to 10 p.m. Mass, there's an ability to go deeper. And so tonight I want to invite you into something really beautiful and into, into a mystery of our redemption. Tonight is, is a very holy night. Uh, tonight, much like Easter, much like Good Friday, tonight is a night of our redemption. And it's something so much deeper than a, a nice story uh, or bright lights because of what happened tonight, you can live forever. And I want to go into that. So I don't know why. They, they're one of my favorite um, Christians, he always says, he said, every preacher only really has one sermon. And I think that's true about me. Um, I really only have one sermon. And you try to say it a thousand different ways, but it's always the same. And so tonight, all I have to offer you, brothers and sisters, is my same sermon. Um, but I hope it's beautiful. There's a, a quote that comes up, I swear, every Easter and every Christmas. It just, it just enters into my, my heart and my mind and my soul. And it's from St. Augustine. Shocker. But he says this. He says, he says reason has words, but only the lover sings. Reason has words, but only the lover sings. What he means by that is that there's something, we can say lots of true things about life. And we can speak about all kinds of things, and we can have deep meanings, and we can really do great things with words. But there's something about a human being that was made for song. And only the lover sings. Tonight is a night of song. It's a night when the angels sang. Right? It's when, the, when love conquered everything. And as John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Reason has words, but only the lover sings. And tonight I hope, I hope that song, that great song of joy, right, that you don't just want to tell God you love him. But because of what he did, that all you can do is sing. Love has a certain unreasonableness about it. Right? Love, love tends to do things that you wouldn't normally do if you weren't in love. 
When you're in love, you do things that, that just go beyond. And no one can really argue with it, right? Uh, love is what you were made for. So love, love has a song. Love is a certain unreasonableness in, about it. And so tonight I want to start, and I want to talk about, this has been on my mind. I think I preached about this during Holy Week. But Notre, Notre Dame has been on my mind. I want to sound cultured, like an American say Notre Dame, and like the French say Notre Dame. <laughs> so Notre Dame, I want to talk about that tonight. Uh, and I want to talk about Christian symbol and Christian meaning. Notre Dame was built in the 12th century in the heart of Paris. And I, I read an article this week from the New York Times that was back in April when it burned. And, it's, and the author spoke as she was speaking about how Notre Dame, or um, Paris has many great landmarks. But the Louvre, the, all the different, the, the Eiffel Tower and the different landmarks of Paris, that none of them, in all of their grandeur, and, and if you add them all up together, that none of them could ever mean to the French people what Notre Dame means. And that Notre Dame has always been the beating heart of Paris. It was built in the 12th century. It took 200 years to build. Imagine that today. And all of France mustered its greatest artisans and craftsmen to build something beautiful. Uh, 200 years. Notre Dame uh, has stood there uh, through so many great moments and so many defeats, so many terrible moments. During the French Revolution, they took nine of its ten bells and they melted them to build cannons. Uh, the French Revolution also tore down the high altar in Notre Dame. Uh, and they built an altar to rationality. Hitler hated Notre Dame. He was jealous of it. Notre Dame's bells rang on 9-11. There's something about it that speaks of something beyond what is earthly. But something of God. And the bells, I want to talk about those bells tonight. There are ten bells in Notre Dame. In the French Revolution in 1789, nine of the ten bells were taken out of its towers. But they left one, and no one knows why. But it's fitting tonight. The one bell they left, all the bells have names. They always have. And the one bell that was left during the French Revolution, the name that the French people gave it prior to the Revolution... Is, its name is Emmanuel. God with us. In some ways, I think that building is, that, is emblematic of that for the French. That with all their messiness and, and the ways they've rejected him, that God is with us. That bell, uh, called Emmanuel weighs 13 tons. And all of the bells after the, the French Revolution, 
they, they put new ones in, and, and all of them have inscribed in them beautiful words of faith. And inscribed in the, in the bells are the words of the angelus. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, which is in our sanctuary. And what I want to say to you tonight is that reason has words, but only the lover sings. And what Christmas is about, Christmas reminds us tonight on this sacred night that you and I were made for more. And I don't know if it's just kind of the melancholic romantic in me, but but I love the image of people walking through the streets of Paris in history. And they went about their daily business. And they had fears and hopes. They had dreams. They had anxieties. They had relationships that were good and bad. They had businesses that succeeded and failed. When those bells rang, there's a certain song. And, and one of my favorite philosophers, I was reading him this week, and he talks about how those bells, they're a symbol for us, and they were for the French. They always are. They're extravagant. They're too much. They're excessive. If someone asked you, they said, why, why should there be bells in the cathedral? One answer you could give is because, well, well in, a, in a medieval city, the bells tell the time. But you don't need a 13-ton bell to tell you the time. Right? You don't. And those bells didn't just ring with the time. They rang to tell you when the Mass was happening when the word became flesh, not just in Mary, but on the altar. Which is why our sanctuary says, and the word became flesh. Because the word became flesh in Mary, but the word becomes flesh on this altar, and the word is meant to become flesh inside of you. And that romantic inside of me loves the image of people we have to live our daily lives. But the bells of Notre Dame reminded them that that's not what they were made for. And you and I need that. We need to remember that we were not made for the day by day. And the day by day is good, of course. It's, it's a gift of God. Time is a tremendous gift of God. But we are called to be men and women who walk through our society today and we hear a certain song above us. And we know that whether our marriages are good or bad or our businesses succeed or fail or if we have nice houses or poor houses, that there's something above that. 
Reason has words, but only the lover sings. Tonight, the church sings. And why does Christmas matter? Thank you for coming to 10. At the 4.30, I gave the worst homily in the history of Christendom. Um, and that, that happens every year. Um, but every year, it's I outdo myself, so that was good. Why does it matter tonight? And I just want to reflect with you on something profoundly beautiful and deep. Why does Christmas matter? Why is it not just a story? A nice story, and we, we go outside and we look at lights, and uh, we sing songs, and um, we have cookies, and whatever else. Why is it something more? Why does it matter to us? Why are you here at, at, at 10 o'clock at night? And you're here because you are more than a body. You're here because you were made like those bells of Notre Dame remind us that the love of God is extravagant. Extravagant. It's beyond what any of us could ever have expected. Jesus, if you listen to theologians and scripture scholars, Bethlehem is tied to Mount Calvary. And the story of Jesus is the story of two caves. Right? The story of Christianity, the story of Jesus Christ is the story of two caves. Jesus began his life in a cave because the world had no room for him. Just like today, so many hearts, my heart, and so many hearts, we have no room for him. And so the Son of God has to be born in a cave. In the end of his life, Jesus' story will, will culminate in a cave. And the, the story of Bethlehem reminds us of Calvary, right? As when we come to Epiphany, we'll hear the story about how the three kings bring him gold and frankincense and myrrh. And myrrh is how they will prepare his body for burial. Because Bethlehem is tied to Calvary. And the good news of tonight that the world doesn't want to hear is that you're not okay. I am not okay. I've never been okay. But the Son of God came to unite me with God. Profound things. Amazing things. And the, for the church fathers, the church took a long time to reflect on the, the, the mystery tonight that you and I celebrate is a mystery that you will spend eternity dwelling on. And then the, the greatest question maybe that we could ask is, is it possible for a human being to be united to God? Is it possible that a human being could actually be united to God? In the modern world, because we have lived in a Christian culture for 2,000 years that is dying right now, or maybe has died, we take it for granted. But the ancient world knew that for a human being to be united to God was impossible. It was absolutely impossible. God could love you, you could love God, but you could not have union with him.
It was an absolute impossibility. Bethlehem matters. Tonight matters. Because of what happened at Calvary. In the year 135, there was a man who claimed to be the Messiah. And he died on a cross. And I'm not just getting the date wrong. His name was Bar Kokhba. And no one remembers him. Except three of you scripture nerds and me. <laughs> We're the only ones who know Bar Kokhba. He claimed to be the Messiah. He died on a cross. But no one remembers him. Because he could not unite man and God. Because he was just a man. Jesus, his whole mission, every, the entire thing that Jesus breaks into this world to do is to unite us to God. And brothers and sisters, the first moment that happened, it isn't even tonight, it was at the moment of the Annunciation. For the ancient world to say, could a human being be united to God? Jesus, could my heart not just love you, but could my heart be in union with yours? The ancient world said you might as well try to draw a square circle. It's really hard. I don't know if you've tried that. Try to draw a square circle. You might as well try to do that, trying to unite a human heart to God himself. We couldn't do it. But what happened when Mary said yes, was the word became flesh. And a divine person, God himself, the son of God, was united to a human nature. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is it means that when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose from the dead, it wasn't just someone who loved us. It was not just someone who, who did something heroic. The man on that cross is God and man. And because of that, you will live forever. He took two things that couldn't be united by any human possibility, but because Jesus is God, he united them in himself. The love of God is extravagant. You can't get out of Christmas Eve Mass without talking about Balthazar briefly. Balthazar has a sermon about Christmas called Setting Out into the Dark. And we think of Christmas as us approaching the manger, and that's good. That's a good way to, to think of it. But Balthazar has one sermon where he talks about it the opposite way. And he says, The Son of God was an eternal light, in perfect union with heaven. He had the adoration of the angels. He had eternal joy. And tonight he came into our world and he chose to set out into the dark. 
He chose the darkness. He chose a manger because the world has no room and no love for him. He chose the cross because he loved you. Amazing. Tonight, God sets out into the dark. He leaves behind heaven. He leaves the Father. And he brings heaven to earth. Because he loves you. I hope this year, for myself and for all of you, when you walk those streets of your life, you do the things you have to do, you go to work and you love your family and you mow your lawn and pay your bills and whatever else, I hope you hear the bells of Notre Dame. That the love of God is so extravagant and you are not created for any earthly thing. But those bells remind you that yes, I have to, I have to go do what I've got to do and I've got to fulfill my duties and I have to live my life. But the word became flesh and dwelt among us.